Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim services and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. It is Tuesday, November 28th. It's actually Giving Tuesday. More on that a little bit later on in the show. I am Field H joined by Stefania Bell. And Stefania, before I ask you how you are doing today, I must let you know that I feel like a Texans fan right now. Oh, I was going to say you must be a Bears fan. Well, I figured we'll talk about that. I'm wearing a Bears sweatshirt. Uh, I was uh, our, our director, Brian, asked, like, what's up with the shirt? Did you lose a bet? And I said, no, you know, I was in the closet this morning. I figured to the victor goes the spoils. The Bears, of course, win on Monday night football. We'll talk about that game in a moment. Then I figured, why not? That's my reasoning. So who are you a fan of, really? The Bears today. No, but you started to say. Oh, I'm a fan of the Texans today. Oh, the Texans. Right, okay. because so, you know, after multiple years of quarterback purgatory, they have C.J. Stroud. He's pretty good. After a day of Mike Clay only sitting next to me, I get you instead. Oh, so you I are see. the C.J. Stroud uh, uh, of the Fantasy Focus. I'd like, I'm, I'm in good company. Yeah, your modesty shining <laughs> through right now because you could barely take that compliment right there. Well, you know, I feel like by default. You know, wow. Daniel's out. So I'm next man up. As I say, I'm like the uh, DTR. DTR. I'm Jake Browning. No, but you know what? <laughs> You're a higher achiever than those guys. They can barely <laughs> score touchdowns with those two players in her center. Now uh, don't sell yourself help. short. You're like, um, CJ Stroud. That's my analogy. Okay. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but great to have Stefania here. And of course, we got lots to dive into today, Stefania, yeah, including what I thought was a well-described scoring output by Troy Aikman yesterday. At one point during the game, and they didn't <laughs> score a whole lot of points after this, but they were either coming back or leading into a break. And Troy said, like, a high-scoring baseball game has broken out here yeah. between the Vikings and the Bears. The Bears win 12-10. to 10. I was surprised it got to double digits, quite frankly. Yeah, but 12-10 uh, to 10 with uh, on the strength of four Cairo Santos field goals last night. He could have mm-hmm. had a fifth. He missed a 48-yarder early. That included a late field goal with, like, 12 seconds left in the game. The Bears improved to 4-8. and eight. The Vikings improved to 6-6. Six and six. Both teams go into their bye. Let's start with the Bears, Stefania. And if I say the Bears last night, are there any performance? that stand out to you that you thought were particularly notable? Roshan Johnson for like a second. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there, there wasn't a ton. I was trying to look quite honestly, and you know I look through this lens of injuries mm. all the time. So I started wondering about Justin Fields' thumb. Yep. After he got hit and the couple of turnovers that he had, everybody remembers he dislocated his thumb and the issue was grip strength. And when he had a couple fumbles, I was like, did he get hit? Mm. Was there something I missed where it bothers them? Uh, also, the Bears running back situation has been, you know, mixed up since they've had all these running back injuries. And yeah. I thought Roshan Johnson hasn't gotten much run yeah. of late, but I thought he looked really good when he had the ball. He sure did. Yeah, He had 10 carries for 35 yards last night, plus he had five catches for 40 yards. On right. the running backs, here's what I'm keeping an eye on for week 14, because they're on a bye this week. When the Bears come back in week 14, is Deontay Foreman active for the game? Because Roshan Johnson played well enough last night to show that he deserves opportunities. Meanwhile, Khalil Herbert is the lead back in terms of like who takes the field when the Bears take the field for their first offensive play of the night. If Deontay Foreman is active, then I really think there's like no Bears running back that has any value because there's all three of them are going to play. If Foreman's inactive, then like in a deeper league, you can certainly consider a Roshan Johnson dart throw. But Khalil Herbert will be the best bet that even he would be sort of like a flimsy flex play for the Bears. It's kind of been whittled down to like one. No question. No two ways about his starter. 
And that's DJ Moore. DJ Moore. He's How the great only was he one. last night? He's 11 catches yeah. last night for DJ Moore for um, 13 targets for a total of 114 yards. Uh, I mean, there's, Cole Komet, if you're yeah. desperate at tight end. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously tight end, we talk about all the time, the tight end wasteland experience. Sure. And Cole Komet's certainly a target. Yeah. Seven um, catches and, last night for right. 43 so you're, yards. You're, you're going to get some points from him being targeted. But yeah. the only lineup block for me would be DJ Moore. So just when you think about uh, DJ Moore and his performance this season, this is not tied to DJ Moore's own ability. But of course, when you go from Justin Fields to Tyson Beijing, and we'll talk about Fields in just a minute, you know, that there's that SpongeBob meme and it's like SpongeBob, like there's one picture of him when like he's jacked and there's one picture of him when he's, he's like, like normal size yeah, SpongeBob. Yeah. That to me reminds me of DJ Moore, right? DJ Moore with <laughs> Justin Fields, huge hulking SpongeBob. Justin Fields, or sorry, DJ Moore with Tyson Bajan, the more normal version yeah. of SpongeBob. So, uh, we're just a reminder of just how special that guy is. I, I hate, I'm not trying to throw salt in the wounds of Panthers fans, but I was thinking about them last night Oof. on a day in what which day. they fired their head yeah. coach and then eventually their offense, I'm sorry, their quarterbacks coach plus right. their assistant their head their coach, Deuce Daly. Like, yeah, Deuce Daly. Like, these are like three men that we spent all off season talking about how, how like, how what, what they were going to do that was so positive. All-star yeah. staff, mm-hmm. yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden all three of them are gone on top of all the turmoil yesterday and the CJ Stroud being the presumptive NFL rookie of the year and Bryce Young struggling. Right. Then DJ Moore goes off last night. Right. Again, it's like the guy that like was there. Yet another, yeah. uh, Another player that they gave away for more is tremendous. And uh, Justin Fields, Stefania, um, the good and the bad with Justin Fields is this. The good is that like, he's such a weapon with his legs. So so many times he probably avoided a handful of sacks. I mean, how he could have had five or six sacks or losses and he managed to escape those. Yep. He did. So he ends up with 12 carries or 59 yards and like 12 rushing attempts for any quarterback, not named Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields a lot Mm -hmm. maybe Jalen Hurts as well um but like for Justin like that's gonna set a floor the problem is what's the ceiling week in and week out and while we've had these moments of brilliance back-to-back four passing touchdown games I think this is why not only in fantasy but in real life the Justin Fields conversation is so so fascinating there are teams at the bottom of the order right now that like there's no two ways about it like I I keep coming back to uh the Patriots, because like the difference between the Patriots and, and as an example, Carolina is like Carolina is committed to Bryce Young for at least next year. Like there's just no two ways about it. Right. But like the Patriots so obviously need to change a quarterback. There's just no hope for what they have under center right now. Right. And there are other teams that are in that category, but don't necessarily have as much draft capital as the Patriots could have for the Bears, who I think now moved uh, to like pick five of their own and then pick one for Carolina. It's like you could convince me that Justin Fields with like Marvin Harrison and another elite playmaker around him to go with DJ Moore could be a really darn good quarterback. You could also tell me that like, Hey, when you're three or nearly three seasons in and you're not totally sold that he's the guy, maybe the better move is to move on to a rookie quarterback. A la Caleb Williams. I think it's really interesting. You probably have more insight in this department than I do, but look at all the changes from above that have Mm. happened for Justin Fields that he's had to adapt to starting when he came into the, you know, he comes into the NFL, you've got to adapt to an NFL offense. He's had different coaches and just think back to what the conversation was a few weeks ago. Remember when it caused the great big stir of uh, him talking about the coaching and, and, and I did not get upset with his comments because I felt like he was being very honest and kind of saying that he was overthinking, you know, trying to, 
fit within a system and maybe overthinking his play. And I think that he's let loose of that of late. That's why we've seen him be better. But I think he deserves to carry through to another season because the flashes, like you say, are there. And I don't think this is all on him. Yeah, I think, you know, there there are certainly going to be some naysayers. I mean, they had like they did not have a vertical passing game last night. Other than the DJ Moore play at the end of the game, 36-yard gain. So just do the math here. Take away that 36 yards from DJ Moore. Prior to that, Justin Fields had 181 yards on 36, yeah. um, 36 yeah. attempts for 181 I'm yards. I'm no math Savania. major, but I know that's not Yeah, that's six not yards great. per attempt yeah. is not, that's less, actually, that's, that's like five yards per attempt. That's, that's like non-functional passing offense in the NFL. Maybe it was because they were afraid of the Vikings defensive plan, whatever you will say. But I think the Justin Fields jury is obviously still out for fantasy purposes, Stefania. Like it's just hard to assess whether he deserves to be a lineup lock. And I would argue that right now, because of the fact that a couple of guys that were kind of on the fringe have really settled in and you've had the rise of players like Dak Prescott, who earlier in the season were not lineup locks, that Justin Fields is not like a top 10 guarantee every single week, but that rushing upside certainly helps Justin Fields and the bears go into their buy. I forget who they play coming out of the buy. We'll talk about that more in week 14 uh, for the Vikings to find you. We may have a quarterback change. Uh, Josh Dobbs. Oh. They're not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions last night. I, yeah. It was like, you knew th- you just had a feeling all the hype and the past or not. And we loved what he did when he got to Minnesota. And we clearly, it's just a, such a smart processing quarterback in terms of being able to pick up new things. Last night was rough. Yeah, it and was. I, I knew, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was going to look like that. And I just, I, you know, I'm an empath. So I'm sitting there just yeah. kind of cringing, just feeling so bad for him that this was the night he's having on Monday night football of all the times. So. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, last night was one of those where it's like, all right, just Josh Dobbs. It's a fifth round pick. So when you go in the fifth round as a quarterback, the league is kind of saying like, this guy's got a path to right. being like maybe a decent backup. Maybe. Right. If you're going to be a starter, you go in the first round. If it's a f- like a flimsy chance of being a starter, second round, third round is like promising backup who could become a low end starter. Fifth round is like, we'll see. Right. Yeah. And then it gets passed around like, you know, like uh, the loving cup as, as a quarterback <laughs> where he's got five teams in the past year. And you're like, wait, how, how, how does this keep happening? How is he on practice squads and getting traded for late round draft picks? And there's a game last night, like last night, you're like, ah, Okay. Now, I would still argue that like what we've seen over the past, uh, really basically the first 11 weeks of the season is more representative and like more impressive from Josh Dobbs than last night was disconcerting. But if you have been riding the Josh Dobbs train because your quarterback was Kirk Cousins and he got injured or because you just passed on the quarterback spot entirely, you went with Geno Smith coming out of the gates this season, whatever the circumstances may be, he's been a top eight quarterback, by the way, you need to make other plans because after the game, Kevin O'Connell said they are considering a quarterback change. Keep in mind that Nick Mullins now back from IR. Nick Mullins, the only other one to have the uh, ulnar collateral ligament right. repair. And Brock Purdy, right? Brock Purdy, yeah. So uh, I think there's a real chance that Nick Mullins is the starting quarterback in week 14. A real chance. And I think, you know, look, Nick Mullins was their backup. Yeah. And had he not been mm-hmm. on injured reserve when Kirk Cousins went down, he would have been the next guy up. Yeah. So I do think, you know, they obviously know him. Uh, they know what he's capable of, and he's been with Minnesota for, you know, he didn't just arrive there this year. He's been there for a couple of seasons. Yeah. They like him. He's very comfortable in that offense, and I think he deserves an opportunity to show them what he's got. And anytime we name Nick Mullins, we have to mention the most important stat. That he played for the 49ers. 
That's more of a fact than a stat, but I'll give it to you. The second most important stat about Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has the second most passing yards through a player's first 16 starts in NFL history. I believe that. Who do you think he trails? Uh, Brock Purdy. No, I'm kidding. Not not a bad guess. Uh, Has Brock started 16 games yet? It's got to be coming up here. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. So how about that? Like Nick Mullins, no matter what happens for the rest of his career, like there's going to be a point. He's got grandkids, whatever. And he's yeah. like, yeah, grandpapa was pretty good back in the day. Well, Only he was, Patrick and Mahomes. he did play for a team that got him all the yards after the catch. So of course his yard stats were like through the roof. But Although, he was, remember Nick Mullins was riding sort If anyone can relate to what Josh Jobs is going through, Nick Mullins journeyman's came a little bit after the sure. 49ers, but he was someone who was thrust into the spotlight yep. and became the saving grace for the 49ers when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. Oh, so uh, he yeah. can One probably relate. Yeah. I mean, how many quarterbacks have gotten their opportunity as a result? Yep. Who is to say, but um, I think I, anyway, I think it'll be interesting. I think Nick Mullins has shown us that he's very capable. I felt badly for Josh Jobs. A couple of those picks were maybe they could have been caught, but he certainly had a lot of heat on them for what they were like they weren't necessarily off target as yeah. much as they were like 100 miles an hour where they might have should have been 35 yeah. miles an hour i believe it was three tipped passes amongst yeah. those four interceptions let's just wrap up the vikings here with a couple of uh, obvious thoughts and then one more interesting backfield thought so tj hawkinson another yeah. great night what do you know tj hawkinson you rule five catches 50 yards and the only touchdown of the game goes to hawkinson uh so kind of a quiet start for hawkinson actually a very quiet start for hawkinson but by the end uh, no issue with 16 fantasy points at your tight end spot jordan addison stefania like he is going to he's got 10 targets last night and one catch that had it not been out of bounds would have been a beauty. Well, I mean, that's a that's a that reason was, why Josh Dobbs might his, be. That was on Josh Dobbs. Yes, be, that uh, one was. Kyler Gordon, the Bears' uh, cornerback, uh, sort of slot. He kind of contacts Addison and actually gets hurt on the play. Yeah, not for it was nothing serious. He ended up returning a couple plays later. Wide open is Jordan Addison. He catches that pass. We're talking about him differently. And he spun around to catch it. He yeah. just had nowhere. The ball was leading him out of bounds. That yeah. was not not anything yep. he could really do. That's a Josh Dobbs play he needs to have back. But uh, will be really fascinating. And we're, I'm going to save a little bit of this for when we ask you about Justin Jefferson is what it looks like with Jefferson on the field. But last thought on this game is that there was a time earlier this season where Alexander Madison was, yeah, he represented is- like the minimal upside, but minimal downside play as well. He started off the season with like a bunch of games in the top 25 for running backs. Now it's a very, very much looking like a, a, a committee. As a matter of fact, despite Total being split. announced yeah. as the starter, Ty Chandler had the first snap of the game last night. So make of that what you will. But when you have two players splitting carries in a backfield that has produced, I think one Rushing touchdown by the running backs this season. I mean, they were the last team to not score a rushing touchdown by a running back or to score a rushing touchdown by a running back. Uh, it, that, that means no fantasy value is what it means. Alexander Madison needs to be the lead back by a lot to have fantasy value. He is no longer by a lot. He is no longer anywhere close to a lineup block, of course, to go into a bye this upcoming week. Yeah, and I thought it'd be easier if he looked terrible all the time, but he doesn't. You know, and he he looked fine. And but there's not a clear distinction between the two. And I agree with you. They're just you know when you have two that are equal, you have zero. Yeah, the problem I think right now the problem for the Vikings is without Justin Jefferson, they've got a lot of fine. They've got Josh Dobbs, who has up until this point been fine, and there's been or you know 
better than fine, but like, you know, the running game's just sort of fine, right? KJ Osborne just sort of fine, you know, and they're going to, they're really missing Kirk Cousins and of course, Justin Jefferson. Those guys are very, very good players. In the case of Jefferson, he is elite. So the Bears, they get the Lions after their bye. The Vikings also go into a bye. They play the Raiders in week 14. Let's move forward here to yeah. some injury updates from week 12 that will matter in week 13. Uh, let's start with a few that actually took place this past weekend, Stefania, before yep. some other injuries. Chris Olave for the Saints. What's going on? there yeah chris Olave and raheed shaheed might as well talk about them together as both happened this week chris Olave with a concussion uh injured in the third quarter didn't return um prior to his exit he looked like the guy seven, seven for catches 114. for 114 remember michael thomas is out and on injured reserve so there was kind of a question of what's going to happen with chris Olave and Ra- to me, I also wanted to see what Raheed Shahid would do. So uh, this week, they face the Lions. We will see if Chris Lave is back or not. Raheed Shahid has a quad injury. He was just two for nine when he exited the game. You, If you were watching the game, you saw him throw his helmet, like heave it on the ground in frustration. Um, it sounds like he's unlikely to play this week. That, according to Nick Underholt at New Orleans Stop Football, uh, Dennis Allen said he had a pretty good quad injury there. But yet they're calling him day-to-day. So don't Mm. quite know what to make of it. These soft tissue injuries can always be problematic for wide receivers. So I I just think, you know, you don't count on anything. But I would make other plans. I think they they could very well be without both Alave and Shahid. Uh, New Orleans Football, by the way, that's a great website. Go check it out if you haven't already. Yes, indeed. uh, Trip is the best. you want to play a little game of trivia here? I'm probably going to. I stink at trivia. Do you want to guess a Saints receiver who's healthy right now? Perry. A.T. Perry. A.T. Yep. Perry. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Lynn Bowden Jr., <laughs> who had two carries for 40. He's kind of a hybrid. He was, a, of course, a quarterback. Back I mean, in, does Taysom Hill count as like a, I I'll do a flex, anything? Like maybe? flex? Sort like of. Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson. Um, is, but yeah. I mean, he's not a receiver, but he's going to catch yeah. patches. As a matter yeah. of fact. Uh, catch passes. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned uh, tight ends, though, there, because uh, at one point, Dennis Allen else? kind of referenced <laughs> the possibility of Jimmy Graham being part of the cures to their wide receiver roles. That, okay. Jimmy Graham has been a healthy That's scratch weird. for a long time That's here now. He's, so he's there, uh, desperate times, though, is what I'm yeah, saying in New Orleans. No so uh, might be we'll see, obviously, Alvin on a Kamara. lot uh, yeah, He's a pass I was going to say, Alvin Kamara might project for about 30 catches on no Sunday against the Lions. Uh, Pop Douglas, uh, perhaps the Patriots' only pass catcher that matters in fantasy. Stefania, what's and going guess on there? What? Now he has a concussion. This is his second concussion of the season. He oh, missed wow. a game yeah. in week six yep. due to a concussion. Uh, since he came back in week seven, he's been targeted four to six times every single week. We've been talking about him every week as somebody you could and should be adding potentially if you needed a deep flex. Uh, but he's, you know... Likely to miss if we go by patterns, but we do not know for sure. Yeah. I would say second concussion within the season. Definitely a Makes concern. A nervous, yeah. um, but consider this. There are other receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. They each have missed two games with a concussion. Yep. Um, Kendrick Bourne out for the season with a torn ACL. Slim Pickens over there, yeah. and then an offense that just you can't write home about. Yeah, I mean, and, and on paper, and this should be the weekend to do it. Quarterbacking, right? Yeah, I, I, I would, I would. Uh, let's plant the flag. It, it's gonna be Bailey Zappy. Like, just yeah. don't kid yourself, people. It'll be Bailey Zappy in week uh, thirteen against the Chargers, which on paper seems like a pretty decent matchup, seems. right? Seems. It seems. How, however, Bolt, uh, they did play good defense on Sunday night against Baltimore. Uh, very good defense, and then the Patriots, just, they stink. They're, I mean, that's, that's as bad of an offense as there is right now in the NFL. So uh, if you're looking for a next man up at the wide receiver spot, I mean, that's that's like, 
that's long shot territory on fantasy football now. Sure and is. that is it. A couple more injuries to note, yep. Stefania here. And let's begin with one that pertains to Thursday night football in Seattle. Yes, uh, Kenneth Walker. So everybody missed him this week uh, with an oblique strain. I think if you were hoping you were going to get big things from Zach Charbonnet, sort of not the result you were looking for, but Kenneth Walker had the oblique injury that kept him out. Now they play on Thursday night. So this is really something to watch. He was listed as a non-participant on Monday, but yet Pete Carroll said there is a chance that he will play they plan to not really practice him much this week. So this is going to be one of those you're not going to know until game time. And then the question becomes, how comfortable do you feel? I think they felt like the injury was not as bad as it could have been. But man, Kenneth Walker, when he's on the field, he's hard special. to ignore. Can we just talk about the fact that Pete Carroll's actually an NBA coach? <laughs> I mean, he really is, right? The way that they load managed players during the week is, is inc- it's, it's incredible. It's one of one. Yeah. Like the way that Kenneth Walker, the third gets treated in terms of practice time would make you think he's like 36, right? Like I see guys who get like the rest days, right? Like guys who are actually 36. So it's like, Hey, you know, Trent Williams taking a rest day for the 49ers. The guy's been around since the 2010 yeah. NFL draft kind of makes sense. Right. And he's a, Big big man who yeah, needs big man, the right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, need to run Walker right. third is like twenty two. Yeah, but here's the other way you could look at it is that P. Carroll has survived running back misery from multiple injuries and not getting through a season. Oh, I'm not blaming him. I'm just like, him out. You know what? Like, if you show up on Sunday and you can run, yeah, that's all I care about. That's all about. that matters. Yeah, Pete, very pl- uh, player friendly. So when the NBA brings back. Uh, the Seattle Supersonics, which bring back the Sonics. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows that should happen yesterday. Uh, but with the NBA expanding, likely in the near future, to two extra markets, we'd all love that to be Seattle. I nominate Pete Carroll to be the coach because he's already got the management thing down. <laughs> right? Like, back-to-backs, not going to play. Although, you know, three games load management, not a thing anymore in the NBA. Oh. They're not allowed to load... Mm. They still find a way. They still find a way there, right? We can get that is a whole separate conversation because I do think that's actually warranted. There's literature to support it, so that's a different conversation. But in the NFL, yeah, I am a thousand percent for it because there's only 17 games that you play. It is brutal every single week. These guys absolutely should load manage, but they should train harder in the off season. That's my platform don't get don't get the player started I right i mean it's like uh, uh listen I, but, I know a couple players ex-players who uh agree with me on this oh, but no anyway. doubt i mean it's, yeah it's because amazing. if you can't you can't come to camp and get in shape during camp anymore because camp is managed. Don't, don't, don't get me started. This is a whole thing that you can get me on. And I'm not a player. I, I empathize. You said you're an empath earlier. Like I, I respect that these guys have uh, certain limitations that they oh, yeah. believe are important for them. But uh, it is amazing how much things have changed oh. over the past 30 years. They used to play six preseason games a year in the NFL. They used to have three days in the NFL during, during training camp. Like we are in a I totally think different world. You know, world. there's, the, you could look at this as a contributing factor for the injuries across the season. I have no doubt. I am no medical expert. I have no doubt about that. All right. So a couple more here, Stefania, yep. uh, that were recently, I want to start with T Higgins or which one next year? Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. T Higgins is fine. Just a reminder that he has had this hamstring injury since practice on November 8th yep. and he's been out since, and we haven't really known what to do with him because he has not practiced at all. Possibility. According to Zach Taylor, was kind of answering it like, I think so, that yeah. he could be back. Not that it's hard to know how to trust someone, a wide receiver coming off a hamstring injury. We've talked before about the average being somewhere between four to five games for missed for a hamstring injury. But if he's back, 
there, you know, there's certainly a possibility that he is a receiver who's back. And it all matters this week because there are six teams on by. Yeah. You have no to consider everybody who's back who's definitely going to be, uh, you know, somebody who could potentially catch a pass when it's getting that critical for fantasy. We'll track this on Thursday because they play Monday night. So there are two complicating factors here with T Higgins. Right. Three really is uh, two. One, he plays on Monday night. First practice report, not yeah. till Thursday. Yep. So you're not going to know for sure whether he's going to give it a go until potentially Monday Til during potentially the day. Right. Day. Second of all is that like, He's been up and down. I guess the third factor is that he's got Jake Browning Jake now. Jake Browning. Right? So a very complicated decision with Ugh. T. Higgins. If you're super desperate and you got crunched by the buys this week, I get it. Holding out some hope. If you've been able to manage without T. Higgins, though, I think I would ride with whatever plan that you have yeah. been on. They for play the past at the Jaguars so. for what yeah, that's worth. Tough. All right. So one more here. Stay in the state of Ohio, yep. but I guess temporarily in California as the Browns spending the week at UCLA. What's going on with Amari Cooper? Yeah, they're a, they're a banged up bunch. The Browns are, but Amari Cooper was one of those who had a rib injury and missed the rest of the game after he got hurt. Kevin Stefanski said that the x-rays came back negative. This was after the game. Here's what I'll say to you about that. X-rays are often negative with rib injuries. What it tells you is there's not a significantly displaced fracture, something very obvious that they see, but there are a number of times where players have an x-ray that's negative, but something shows up a little bit later on uh, a more definitive imaging. They often will go by pain tolerance with these. Really a question of how he progresses through the week, um, but stay tuned. I never Amari thought Cooper. I'd be saying this in week 13 of the NFL regular season, but the only way that I would start Amari Cooper this week, even with six teams <laughs> on a bye, is if Joe Flacco starts for the Browns. Can you imagine? Which certainly this sounds like happen. it's possible, right? I mean, yeah. obviously DTR being in the concussion protocol opens that, the door for yeah. Flacco, and I get it. He's been there for 10 minutes. I still trust him more than what I've seen from DTR and Philip Walker this they season. They sounded very positive about him. That, yeah, I, th- I think know, they... He's, I, just, he's a veteran presence. He, look, I, I, he's going to get deal. them through a game. They didn't sign Joe Flacco to not eventually start him, right? Like... You don't sign him to just have him sit there and hold a clipboard for the rest of the season. They, Plus, they knew. I mean, unless DTR took off and became a star. Even if DTR is healthy, again, remember, when guys are in a concussion protocol, and you're talking about the position that requires the most processing of any position. So he's in a foreign environment because they went out to California. They're not home. They're not in their usual routine. He had, took a big hit. You saw him leaving. His lip was bloody. You oh, know, it, was a, it was smashed. Right. Yeah. So now add to that that he's this young, new quarterback Difficult, you know, trying to prepare at a time where you're in recovery from a concussion. They may not say it yet, but I really don't think it's him. I really think it's going to be Joe Flacco. I'm with you on that. Uh, Let's talk about a three player, Stefania, that have been out or missed some period of time recently. And I think it's finally, finally, a fairly straightforward decision for Justin Jefferson. Finally. But listen, this was, uh, I, I also think that there was no formula here. I don't think it was team being sneaky. I think they have been actually incredibly transparent on yeah. this. Um, and Justin Jefferson was really about how he felt as he progressed back from this hamstring injury that has cost him so much time. They feel good about where he is. They get the bye week this week, week 14. I anticipate you will see Justin Jefferson. Great news right there. I'm here to tell you, by the way, I'm going to start him. Aaron Jones, Stefania, missed last week for the Packers, and uh, they have begun their practice because they had the uh, bonus practice this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, They play the Chiefs on Sunday night. Any chance we see Aaron Jones? Uh, There's a chance. This is a tough one because of the history here. So this is an MCL sprain for Aaron Jones. Remember, go back to the game where he was hurt a couple weeks ago. He left on a cart. He was, you know, just 
devastated. He thought he had torn his ACL. He said afterward he thought he couldn't catch a break after missing all the time with the hamstring injury. This was the same knee. So same-sided injury, ends up with an MCL sprain. Now, he's had MCL sprains in the past, too, in fact, and he's come back after missing just one game. So everybody's looking at that like this is a quick – he's a guy who recovers fairly quickly from these. It was the opposite side injured before. But now you're talking about two consecutive injuries on that same leg. I think they're a little more cautious with him. Not so sure. Okay, this yeah, week. we'll track that one. Day one. At a time. Uh, Wednesday is the first injury report because right. although they practiced on Monday, it was the bonus practice. No injury report required right there. If Aaron Jones is out, we know this: you don't play a Packers running back. AJ yeah. Dillon's had so many it's spots, and he has continued to underwhelm in what should be a very fantasy relevant role. And by the way, Chiefs at the Packers. Ooh, man, that's like, a fun game, huh? Packers, well, though, all of a sudden have be. some serious life. Yeah. Playoff life, yeah. the Packers and Rams, yeah. all of a sudden very much in the NFC playoff picture. They are rooting hard for the Cowboys on Thursday night against the Seahawks. Seattle, 6-5 and five right now. I think Cowboys uh, the, have the edge there. Yes, I, I would agree. Uh, Dak Prescott's pretty decent. Uh, yeah. Devon Achan, Stefania. Yeah. Missed last week, last Black Friday for the uh, Dolphins, and um, Jeff Wilson played a whole lot more as a result of it. Do we think he's back this Sunday against the Commanders? I do. As of right now, I think he's back. I think this was more of a scare than okay. a true injury. Remember, he had been on injured reserve because of the sprained MCL and he comes back and very quickly goes out again and everyone's nervous, understandably so. But I think he got in a pile knee gets tweaked, had had pain immediately. By the end of the game, he was lobbying to come back in. And this is where Mike McDaniel was like, no, no, like uh, we're just you know, you've been out for a while. Let's make sure that you're good. And, and this is actually very normal that a player comes back and there was some kind of apprehension from just getting tackled. That's why we say you want to see a player go down and come back up and make sure they're not hurt. So I think uh, that all happened and I think he's in good shape for this week. We'll see what the practice reports say. Yeah, we'll see indeed here, Stefania. Uh, I think, you know, that that he's such a, I mean, just an unbelievably game changing fast player you just hope that like and i'm not talking fantasy right now you just hope that you know he's a pint-sized guy right he's tiny yeah you, you hope that these injuries don't become a thing that defines his career this is the third one in what 12 weeks of nfl action for devon achan we're going to dive into some waiver wire thoughts in just a moment stefania that includes what you should do how you should approach the waiver wire at this juncture of the season but first a word from our friends over at geico you overwhelmed by insurance Make it easy. Always. Get all your insurance. Yeah, same. In one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access to the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com. Mmm, smell that? Mmm, sure do. <laughs> that is the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. It's college football season. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back, and this year things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is. Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I am suddenly thirsty. I know. What's up with that? All right. We are back here on Fantasy Focus, and we're talking waiver wire ads to find you. Before we get into some of the names, I wanted to just lay out some thoughts on strategy. Mm. We have. I, I, I could use a tip yeah. or two. No, you don't. Uh, we are just two games, two more weeks worth of buy away, buys away, but 75% of the NFL has already had its buy. 
you are at the point of the season where you have to make some decisions about what you need for the rest of the year. In prior years, I feel like one of the easy strategies for me to say to people was, hey, if I've got two quarterbacks, go ahead and assuming your your normal starters already had his buy, just drop your backup because unless your starter gets hurt, you're not going to play that guy. Well, I'm here to tell you now that everybody gets hurt at quarterback these yeah. days, right? And because of that, all the good ones too. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, starters. Yes, I have been looking around, and uh, not so there. There are a couple of leagues where I have been looking to either pad my depth, or I am a Josh Allen manager, and he, of course, is on a buy this week. And I'm saying to myself, the pickings are so slim right now, Stefania. Or there are leagues in which I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, I have a quarterback that I trust. But I don't want the other people who don't have a quarterback that they trust to get somebody great. So I'm going to try to beat them on the waiver wire. More often than not, my mindset would be just drop your backup quarterback. You're good to go. This year, I actually think there's some value in keeping that backup at a spot that you only start one player at just to prevent your opponent from having that player or because things have just been so injury heavy this year. Imagine if you got to the fantasy playoffs. Let's say you let's say you did that. You dropped your backup. Now you're at the fantasy playoffs. Your quarterback gets hurt. Yeah. You are in trouble yeah, you, because if the trade deadline's passed in your league, you may not be able to trade for one. Yeah. You may not be able to find anyone because the other people in your league have done exactly what you said and they've picked up that backup quarterback to prevent you from doing that in the future. Like your season could be over. Yeah. I highly recommend that you have two solid quarterbacks on your roster. As somebody who doesn't in one league, I mean, I am sweating it out for sure. And uh, look, I had, I've had leagues, I think this year in all the leagues I play in, I've lost Joe Burrow in one league. Yep. Um, who else have I lost? Take me, I'm trying to think of who else has gone. HM was oh, obviously Anthony out for Richardson. a while. Richardson, yeah, geez. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's been rough. And so uh, every, I think we're at 52. Two is yep. the last number I counted yep. for it's, starting I mean, quarterbacks. God, what a monstrous number it has been. All right, so let's get to the waiver wire and some names and notes to find. We'll just go by position here, uh, and I'll incorporate what sounds like a report that's been bubbling up right now, sort of see if we can get a little more info there before we dive into it. But let's start with quarterback. And Stefania, I will um, like just, uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll just serve up a name and just sort of get like your general. I say this name and you say what? Jordan Love. Any strong thoughts on Jordan Love? Uh, As a player, re- recent, recency bias would make me want, if I was looking for that second quarterback, I'd pick him up. Yeah. Uh, I was not, I was not a fan early in this season because he was struggling and he's not some, I would have, I would have passed. I would have yeah. moved on to somebody else, but right now yeah. and looking at the rest of the season that lies ahead for them and that they have something to play for and that he's starting to develop more of a rapport with his wide receivers. Uh, I would consider him. Yeah. So I was in need. I like him more as a second quarterback right. than I do for week 13 as a streaming option. And here's why I play the chiefs Sunday night football, yeah. which it's, it's not, I guess the, I guess the time of the game doesn't really matter, but um, I look forward to this game myself in a standalone, uh, standalone window. Um, it's all about the chiefs defense, baby. I was just going to say, because you could make the point that they're going to have to be throwing a lot yep. because they might be playing catch up football. They could, yeah. but the Chiefs defense has been really good lately. Yeah, it's actually mostly that. And so Jordan Love. So let's just use a couple of recent quarterbacks that the Chiefs have faced that are outstanding. Um, Tua, who's outstanding but is not going to run at all. Jalen Hurts, who is outstanding but is not is going to run a ton. Right. Each of those guys under two hundred passing yards against Kansas City. I believe they uh, combined for two passing touchdowns as well. So defensively, the Chiefs are just such an 
iron like they're they're like a brick wall <laughs> Who knew in the that it was going to be their defense keeping been them alive this year. and maybe the offense found its mojo this past yep. week and that'll turn the tides as well but defensively they're so good and well so jordan love is a better runner he actually does run it just feels like um it just it's a harder game to size up a bunch of upside here for jordan love playing on sunday night football against the Chiefs. so i like him more as a stash than i do as a stardom in week 13 but i, I just think there's some defense involved here one of his teammates, though, Stefania, has really caught my eye. That's Jaden Reed, and he's available in about 70% of leagues. And um, Mike and I discussed both he and Jordan Love yesterday, and I'll just remake the case here on Jaden Reed. Three state games with a touchdown. Yeah, three straight games with a touchdown. That part's awesome. And um, I just talked yesterday about how Matt LaFleur has really kind of discovered what he wants to do with this offense and who he needs to rely on to get the points out of this offense that they need to stay competitive in games. And Jaden Reed is a spark plug. Like this guy is like microwavable offense right now. You know that because of the fact that obviously he's getting some targets, but they're using him as a runner. Part of that might be because of the fact that Aaron Jones was out last week, but they're creating rushing attempts for him. I drew the parallel to Curtis Samuel. He's one of those guys that every time he has the football, good things can happen, whether it's as a runner or as a receiver. So I think he's a perfectly reasonable ad and stash. Same caveats apply, though, in terms of Jordan Reed. I'm sorry, Jordan Love and Jaden Reed is like it is a tough matchup against the Chiefs on Sunday night. I think they've sort of been forced to uh, find him as well because of the injuries to Christian Watson yep. and even Romeo Dobbs at times. And when the start of the season, I mean, ask Mike Clay what if we thought about Christian Watson totally. coming into the season. And yeah. then there was this void. And I think Jaden Reed flashed sure. intermittently, but the consistency hasn't been there until recently. This one's easy for me, Stefania. It's Josh Downs. And I, I, it's, I get it. He, uh, he got hurt. Uh, didn't even miss a game, but he got hurt. And he was very limited in that game prior to the bye. And they go into the bye. So maybe it's just because they had like that basically two week stretch where he was very iffy or unusable. How many targets do you think Josh Downs had this past week? I have no idea. Did 13. not look that up. 13? 13 that targets for Josh Downs. Now, he yeah. only caught five of them, but that's that's less. It's not like he was he did not drop the ball, right? Like some of it was just uh, just, you know, sort just of inaccuracy. Were, yeah. But still, the point holds. Like they throw the ball a ton. They play so fast on offense mm-hmm. in yep. Indianapolis. They just play so dang fast. Uh beyond that, like every wide receiver target it feels like. I mean, it feels like 70% of the wide receiver targets go to Josh Downs and Michael Pittman Michael Jr. Pittman. Yep. So they played the Titans on Sunday, a matchup that we think, you know, if they can block them up up front, they'll be able to throw the football quite a bit. And I wanted to mention this, and it's a report that has just surfaced from the NFL Network Uh-oh. recently, that Jonathan Taylor is now dealing with a thumb injury. I was just about to say, like, Jonathan Taylor has been a non-factor in the passing game. He was. And this? Um, uh, now... Now we're hearing this. This is uh, the report from the NFL Network. It says he's got a thumb injury that uh, is leaving his status in doubt going forward. So we don't know exactly what that means, but um, (laughs) my general rule of thumb, no no pun intended, (laughs) but my bad there, uh, is that like when um, when the initial report suggests that the possibility of missing time is on the table, Stefania, it generally means the player is about to miss a whole bunch of time or some period of time, right? Like... um, Status um, in doubt. My my general yeah, my general. Yeah, I, is th- that, like, I think you at least have to consider it. Sometimes it means they're looking at options. Like, and again, this is where it comes into play of like what's going to happen with him relative to the team going forward. Mm, because you yeah. look at um, the fact that he, you know, thumb injuries can be something that you try to play through sure. for a while, or it can be something where you opt for surgery to yep. um, either 
that's the end or it is going to help you get through the season a little bit faster. So sometimes there are multiple opinions going on and sure. that's why it's up in the air. You know, we did see a bit more of Zach Moss this past week. People were surprised. I wonder if that's week. related. Maybe that was part of it. And by the way, if there were a position in which not being able to use one of your thumbs fully probably matters, I guess quarterback would be number one. If it's your throwing hands, Justin Fields, a good example of that. Wide receiver or running back crowd be a close number two there. So yeah. uh, Zach Moss available in 41% of leagues. This alone, this possibility of missed time certainly makes yeah, Zach I, Moss. I'd go get him. The most important waiver ad of the week here, given how, uh, how he, well he played earlier on in the year. Uh, back on track, Greg Dorch, wide receiver, Stefania. Got any thoughts here on Greg Dorch? Actually, let me ask you this. Do you have any idea whether Michael Wilson might be available this upcoming weekend? Oh, well, that, that was the first thing I was trying to find out when yeah. I saw we were going to be talking about him. I think the fact that he didn't practice at all makes you nervous. Um, they, you know, I would say, yes, you, you want to, you want to stash him now. They didn't, he didn't play last week. The team has a buy in week 14. So it's just something to keep in mind yeah. because we, we always talk about these guys who are injured. And if they're looking at, if they're on the cusp do they want to wait? The Cardinals have one of those last bye weeks in week 14. They do. So yeah. potentially yeah. if you're going, if Mike Wilson with a shoulder injury, if you're looking at, do you want to protect him? Then maybe you do hold him out in week 13. And that makes Dorch that much more relevant. He, he does because over the past two weeks without Michael Wilson, he has moved to the slot and he has 17 targets. Yeah. He scored a touchdown this past Rondell week. Moore. Yep. He is. Rondell Moore is, and this is a hat tip to our guy Pulse who noted that, uh, Rondell Moore is a slot receiver playing on the perimeter. It's not good. Yeah. We don't want that for Rondell Moore, uh, but he is a team player, and Greg Dorch is incapable of playing on the perimeter. He's he's very, very small. He makes Rondell Moore look big. Uh, so he has been the beneficiary. So a deep league, like, that's the kind of dart throw that I would be looking at if I needed a deep league consideration. Uh, last one here. Uh, when I say Brandon Cooks, you say what? Besides, like, gets traded every 18 months. Uh, I say... A touchdown in four of his last six games. That's right. And yeah. I think there's a trust factor there with Dak uh, that you're seeing come out with Brandon Cooks. I mean, the, and I think also there's so much attention on C.D. Lamb, and rightfully so, because he's just such a threat, that Brandon Cooks sort of been ignored. And I think it was wide open on the touchdown he scored this week. Like there was nobody around. Nobody's paying attention. Yes. Maybe they will going forward. But I think the opportunity, Brandon Cooks is such a smart player. To uh, I I really I really like him and I actually picked him up and have been using him. So recently. touchdown in four or six games as you mentioned. The mitigating factor is he's got one game during that stretch with more than four catches. Normally I would tell yeah, you I don't chase. Low. Yep, volume I don't chase touchdowns. I would normally tell you that I don't chase touchdowns. But have you watched Dak <laughs> Prescott recently? He's been creating a few touchdown opportunities. He's unbelievable right yeah. now. I mean, the way that he's, he's playing fire. right now, the like the chance of him throwing three touchdowns in a game, Stefania, exists every single time he takes the field. You just do the math. Like, if he's throwing three a game, even if one is guaranteed to go to CeeDee Lamb, who is the next most likely player to catch one of those touchdowns? Maybe it's a tight end. Maybe it's Brandon Cooks. I think it's wide Brandon receiver, Cooks, so. because if you look at the other, it's, it's not Michael Gallup. Yeah. Um, Tolbert has been has had sort of some flash intermittently. But it, to me, that goes back to that. It's not a stat that you can measure, but there is a trust factor there with Brandon. Well, and the last thing that I'd say here is this, as we talked about, like knowing what you need on waivers is like, there are some scenarios in which you're saying to yourself, right, I got to go two and zero in the last two weeks of the regular season to make the playoffs. And one or both of my matchups includes me being an underdog. I can't afford to have like that, that, that player who's got like a reasonable floor, 
but a pretty low ceiling in my lineup. I need the Brandon Cooks in my lineup, right? I need the guy who might score 20 right. fantasy points. He might score three, but if he gets you five for 65 and a touchdown, that's, yeah. you know, the almost swing 20 the fences. fantasy points. That's yeah, he has a good do. swing yep. for the fences ad. Let's move to some running backs here, Stefania. We already mentioned Zach Moss. Again, more on that as we get more information there. But uh, Keaton Mitchell has looked good for the Ravens. And I thought the most important thing was that he actually led the team in that's running backs after the first say, time. That, that to me is it because... Yeah. He had nine carries, two catches. Meh. Yeah. In the it's the Ravens, but yeah. he's the one getting the most touches of them all. So uh, you and I both play in at least one sixteen team league together, the War Room, but other leagues as well that I play in that are sixteen teams. Like you go to the waiver wire and you're just like, oh my god, like There's what nothing. on earth yeah. is going on right now? Um, and Keith Mitchell is not even available in sixteen yeah. team leagues for the most part. But uh, if you're in a smaller league, you might be saying to yourself. What's the value if a guy has what you just said, nine rushes and two opportunities in the passing game? It's it's actually not the value for what he is right now, Stefania. It's and I know this is pretty narrow because they don't play this week, so they're they're not going to get hurt during the bye week. Right. But if something happens to Gus Edwards, yeah, I guess theoretically, knock on wood. Um, if Gus Edwards has an injury, Keaton Mitchell becomes very very valuable. Mike described him aptly yesterday as like a potential league winner if something happens and you've got him in the playoffs. Right. That's why you're at again. Know what you need right now during the regular season and add that player before you get to the playoffs. I think that also applies to Royce Freeman a little bit here. Um, Here's the good news for Royce Freeman. He's running the ball better than he ever has. Like he was really, really solid this past week. No one talked about it because Kyron Williams was was unbelievable. Which by the way, if you had any question about Kyron Williams coming back, no need to question that. But we talked about this on fantasy football. Now it's only those two guys. So when it's not Kyron Williams, it's definitely Royce Freeman. The disadvantage is that he's not going to catch you any passes Um, like zero. But when you say zero, you mean like, no, literally zero. He has none. Zero catches this year. He has one target. Zero. zero catches. So uh, you need a touchdown. Uh, but I would imagine that uh, if something happened in Kyron Williams, we don't want to wish that upon a guy who's already been through multiple injuries in the first year and a half of his career. Uh, we know that Royce Freeman's got a real good chance of leading the team in backfield carries. I also think that, that what happened, Daryl Henderson, welcome back from the practice squad. So a useful insurance back, yeah. but that's about it right now. I'll wrap up here with actually maybe the most intriguing oh. position right now. Uh oh. No, no, no. I was just, you were going to talk at tight ends and I yeah. know where you're going. And I, this one killed me this week because I wasn't, well, I forgot that they might be changing their offense around this uh. week. And I was like, ah, he's, you know, coming back from the injury. I'm not sure how much I trust him. I'm not sure how much I trust him in this offense. Might have had him on the bench yeah. in my Scott Fish bowling. Oh no. Did you advance? I did advance. So oh, did you. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that being said, yeah. one of the most productive players, like had an unbelievable game. And to me, this is Pat Fryermuth going forward. Uh, I, I, if it's this going forward, I will like, well, I will maybe not the that. high heavens. Maybe uh, you won't get those rewards, but I think his level of involvement this is what he should be doing. Yeah, this it, it was. You certainly hope it's 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 closer to this than what it was prior to this uh, last Sunday. So just a reminder that he had nine catches. That's a career high for Pat Fryermuth. Eleven targets, second most in his career, and 120 receiving yards, the yes. most not just in his career, but the most of any player in Week 12. No player had more receiving yards than Pat Fryermuth really? this past week. I did not know none, that. not one. I mean, 120 is ridiculous for a tight end. Yeah, it's usually ridiculous. don't see that. Yeah. Might be a TJ Hawkinson number That's or a, a Travis yeah. Kelsey That's a number. Kelsey, yeah, exactly. So, uh, big time weekend for Pat Fryermuth, and the Steelers talked about this. Like, it's I am skeptical that they'll continue to put up 400 plus yards oh, yeah, of offense, yeah. but. 
if they are intent on making the tight end a bigger part of the offense, that means great things for Pat Fryermuth. And like we know he's a, he's a second round pick a couple of years ago. Right. Like we saw him, he was really serviceable a season ago. Like the idea that Pat Fryermuth is breaking out should not be a total mystery given how talented he is and the track record of production. More of this, please. More yeah. of this collective Plus, Steelers offensive coordinator. I don't know More what's of this. going on with their pass catchers. Otherwise, well, I think, yeah. yeah you I, know, you know, and I, they couldn't quite little, get it going. Mm, I, although Deontay Johnson <laughs> did have that touchdown that was, I mean, that was the survive the rule play. It was like this catch that like it's, it's a, the NFL might use that replay when they distribute their virtual rule book every year as what it means to survive the ground or not survive the ground. Like he catches a pass two feet down in the end zone lands is tackled to the ground and the ball jars free. Yeah. And that's exactly what the NFL has deemed is not a catch, whether that's right or wrong. That's been the rule since the Calvin Johnson play several years ago. Uh, but still a quiet day for George Pickens. Still didn't see a lot of that. Um, I think Isaiah likely settled in exactly where he should be. Stefania yeah. uh, number 80 at 8.0 fantasy points on Sunday night. And we kept saying like, is he going to be the guy that last year without Mark Andrews went bananas? Or is it going to be the guy that in the first two games this year, that Mark Andrews was either out entirely week one or when he got hurt back a few weeks ago. And the answer was right in the middle in between. I yeah. was just going to say somewhere yeah. between, but second in targets on the team, which is weird, but that are, they're low reward targets, right? He's not like a Zay Flowers yeah. option where you know you're going to get a ton of yards and potentially the end zone. I mean, hopefully um, we do find him getting the end zone here yeah. and there, but I, I guess it was more encouraging that we really didn't know what to think going into this game. Uh, so the fact that he was targeted uh, six times, I think, is helpful. Yes, it was. No, I mean, it was it was good to see the six targets, and he's got the talent, right? Four for 40, like, as we were talking about uh, with Damian Woody on Fantasy Football Now on Sunday, like, just from a skill set perspective, if he has the ball in his hands, good things can't happen with Isaiah Likely. Highly athletic player. Remember, he was the preseason oh, yeah. star a year and a half ago, and you were like, do the Ravens do it again? Steal another player in the draft? Uh, Isaiah Likely definitely has some value. They go into their bye, but he'll be back around, as Mike and I kind of agreed on yesterday, like... Maybe like mid to high end tight end two upon his return in week 14. Uh, last name I'll mention is just like if you're uh, in a pinch this week, Luke Musgrave was on IR, mm-hmm. uh, which meant Tucker Kraft took over as a starting tight end for Green Bay. He found the end zone, but just two catches for 15 yards. Um, I like the player who's a good player. South Dakota a great player at South Dakota State was in last year's draft class. Uh, third round pick this uh, third round pick, I should say this year. But uh, I think you can find a more reliable option given the fact that the Packers a distributed to a lot of players and they generally don't lean on one guy. I got one for you. Okay. What about Juwan Johnson? Seven targets this past Seven week. Seven targets. Yeah. And you're looking at Alave and Shahid both being out this week. Potentially. Totally. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And they're playing so the Lions. To me, it's yeah. like, it's worth a dart threat. If you need somebody to fill in at tight end, at least he's probably going to catch some passes. Yeah. That's a good name as well. Juwan Johnson, who uh, had missed some time due to injury earlier on this year. He is now back and playing quite a bit more. Taysom Hill still with more yardage yep. than Juwan Johnson, but Juwan Johnson was somebody who at the start of the season asked Daniel, um, is somebody that, you know, thought me, Maybe could be like somebody who would be more productive at the tight end, like a back end tight end. Yeah. And then he's been hurt. He had yep. the calf injury, missed four games. It hasn't been great. Their offense has been out of sync for most sure of the been. season. Yeah. But I just thought after what we saw this week, might be somebody worth picking up. Let's rip through a couple of names. We wrap up the show here in just a little bit uh, with some week 12 winners and losers. Before we do that, I wanted to mention, by the way, that tomorrow 
is the trade deadline. Wednesday mm-hmm. at noon is the standard trade deadline. As if like if you play with default settings on ESPN, tomorrow at noon is the trade deadline, which means anything happens after that, you're in trouble. Yep. You're not going to get through. So uh, if you like to wheel and deal, you probably already know this. If you yeah. don't and you're like, oh my God, I don't Judging have a running back to start inbox, this week. Yeah. I, a lot I, of trade I, offers over the next, let's call it uh, 24 hours yep. and 10 minutes from right now. And on top of that, Tristan Cockroft wrote an article that's available on ESPN right now of potential trade players, as in like guys to trade for or guys to trade away, which includes some thoughts on Calvin Ridley Ooh, and yeah. CJ Stroud. Dive in to read the entire article on ESPN.com or the ESPN Fantasy app now. Let's go to some Week 12 winners and losers, Stefania, and we'll go through a couple of winners here. And I wanted to start with Isaiah Pacheco, actually. And this was really important. So Pacheco, and with a huge day, 15 carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns, plus five catches on five targets for 34 yards. This is most receptions in a game since Week 6. This, is an, this I think, is a Jarek McKinnon thing. Because Jarek McKinnon was unavailable for the Chiefs in week 12. Way too early to tell in week 13. Yeah. Groin injury, yeah. I don't. Do you recall if he practiced at all last week, McKinnon? I don't think he did, but I'd have to double we check. We have to go it. check, yeah. So that might, you know, if, if he was practicing, that would give you a bit of hope that he would play this week. We don't know for sure on that. But if he's out and you have Isaiah Pacheco participating on like 60 plus percent of the routes, Massive value here. Massive value for him against this Green Bay Packers off a defense on Sunday night. Huge. I mean, I I don't have anything to add to that. But we we've talked about just how explosive and fun he is to watch, and clearly uh, there's a trust in him. His utilization just went up. And by the way, remember all the like the thoughts of like a a committee in Kansas City before the fourth season. They have nobody else to give the ball to. Clyde Edwards-Elair is like, you know, carbon it's, dust right now. I know. It's so bizarre. Still present. Yeah. And Listen, accounted you, you, for. You can't hit Maybe. them all. You can't hit them all. <laughs> no. They're the two-time Super Bowl champs in the past four years. CEH is one that got away. That's all. That's, yeah. You know what? Try every team. They've all made their mistakes. I promise you that. Doesn't always work out, but this team is so darn good they can overcome missing on a first pick, first-round pick like that. Also, Debo Samuels to find you for your 49ers on Thursday night. This was a vintage throwback Debo effort. Did you read anything into that? Or is this just... No. Yeah, he's a 49er. <laughs> he's That's, a 49er. Yeah. And like, if you want to be frustrated... Um, then you are counting on somebody like Debo Samuel or George Kittle, who it seems like they are kind of rotating in terms of who's going to have more of the boom elite game. I feel like Brandon Ayuk is sort of coasting at a comfortable amount that you're going to get from him pretty consistently. And Brock Purdy has got a really special relationship with Brandon Ayuk. So I think there's a consistent, um, a consistent amount of volume you can sort of count on for Brandon Ayuk, give or take. But Debo could have an amazing game and then be relatively silent. And same with George Kittle. Yep, I would, they are all 49ers. Uh, you know, I am trying to hope that Debo Samuel has this consistent workload every single week. Uh, but this, you know, uh, history recently shows us that uh, for as great as he was, who knows what his role will be on Sunday in Philadelphia. Do you and Mike Clay have a bet yet? No. Listen, a wager. I just want to say, first of all, Two rushing touchdowns for Debo, which reminds you of the whole, you know, wide he is back. a wide receiver, but he had two rushing touchdowns. So yeah. the wide back thing is still a thing. Everybody who thought it was going to go away nope. didn't go away. 
I have heard from so many Philly people. I got phone calls this morning. Oh. I was not answering my phone. I'm like, look at look at the Eagles fans getting the a little Eagles frisky. Yeah. yeah, like are they? I think they want to start needling me about this matchup Ooh. this weekend because. I mean, of course, no one could forget the fact what the Eagles did to my poor Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game last year. And And Mike Clay and I were watching that game together. Remember that? Mike stopped cheering immediately because I gave him like the death stare Uh, after Brock Purdy got hurt by Hassan Reddick, who is playing out of his mind still, by the way. And I'm still a little nervous about that Mm. encounter, but it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a great game. 49ers, three-point favorites on the road. I know. Eagles fans are salty about that. I know. Our our director today, Brian, big Eagles fan, Mike Clay. He's not talking to me again after the show today until after the game. Hey, all's fair in uh, in football and in rivalry. Look, I'm not the one putting... I'm not gloating. I'm not putting anything out there. We lost the last matchup, and yet it's the Eagles fans who are you know, chirping at me yeah. about what's going to happen. Ah, uh, man. All right. Well, you know, I was going to say, we'll save the loser. Let's be power yeah, of positivity I I today. I hate ending just, on losers. Yeah. So but. let's just do this. We'll bypass losers. Nothing that, you know, they're all play like Saquon Barkley had a bad day. That's, that's my takeaway is yeah, that he had a bad day, he's but coming back. he had 30 fantasy points the week prior. He's still Saquon Barkley. They have a Barkley. bye this week. They do. So yep. he's not bouncing back this week. Yeah. But I think uh, he might 14. bounce back. He's Saquon. He might find a way to bounce yeah, back yeah. on a bye all the same. Well, here's where I want to wrap up instead, Stefania. Okay. Is that today is Giving Tuesday. It's yes, a global it day of giving. It's also the start of ESPN's V-Week when we continue Jim Valvano's fight against cancer. You can make a difference today by supporting cancer research, which is needed now more than ever. If you're able, give now at v.org donate. The best part, 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. So certainly a noble cause to find you. The 0610 has been so, so dedicated over the years to uh, the efforts at V at, for the V Foundation. So uh, it, it, I feel like um, all I've done for the past, not even just the past four days, because, because now these sales start so long, I have just been unsubscribing and deleting emails, yep. asking me to buy something. Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Now it's Cyber Tuesday and Black Friday sales start a week before Black Friday actually And then everything's begins. extended. To, yeah. yeah. So here, maybe you can, you can turn the tides here today, people. Rather than spending money on stuff that you probably don't even need, truthfully. Like I'm as guilty of anybody as buying some random pair of shoes that I could live without. Maybe you flip things, flip the script around and instead go to v.org slash donate. Uh, certainly means a lot to us here at ESPN. And uh, sadly, almost anybody that you will meet has right. been impacted by this horrendous, horrific disease. So we certainly hope that uh, if you have it in you, that you would consider a donation to uh, the V Foundation. And I really think... Uh, th- it's understated, but it's so important. 100% of your donation goes towards cancer research. Sure. So every dollar that you donate is actually going to research yeah. to fight cancer. Uh, we'll do our best to help uplift those that are continuing to fight. And hopefully this power hour of fantasy football uplifted you for a little bit. We covered a lot of ground here, Stefania. And again, you're CJ Stroud. Just, yeah. just take yeah. it in stride. It's okay, Mike. I think Tristan Cockcroft is talking about trading away CJ Stroud. Is that what you, you said? You know what? Uh, he is. But 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 trading it's not because away. it's the idea that you can get a lot for him right now, which you certainly could with the way that that young man is playing like the at the moment. Sounds. She's Stefania Bell. I'm Field Yates. We are back tomorrow, Wednesday, week 13. Rankings chatter. Mike will be here. Hopefully Daniel back in the chair as well. In the meantime, Enjoy the rest of your Giving Tuesday. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Are you nervous, Eagles fans? Wow. Fighting words right there from Star Find Your Bell.
got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. With advice that we really trust. She's your favorite gal. She's the fun you pick. 